Hello, 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 people out in Legacy Land. Welcome back to another episode of Legacy is Community. I'm Ray and I'm Doria from Legacy 1106. Yes. <laughs> Today we are talking to Mrs. Cece Ellis of Ellis Luxury Homes. She is the managing broker. She is the accidental founder. <laughs> but we are going to hear more about that. So welcome, Cece. Introduce yourself to the people. Hello, I am Cece Ellis. Um, I've been a real estate agent now for seven years and a managing broker of my own brokerage for one year now. Excellent. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about your business. Who is your target audience? What is your vision? Just tell us a little bit more about Ellis Luxury Homes. Uh, yeah, so target audience of uh, what people generally say is anybody looking to buy or sell or rent a home. That's the cliche way of what you're supposed to say. But my personal uh, target audience is people that are ages 16 to 25. Because if I could go back at 16 or 17 and somebody tell me how to fix my credit or build credit, because most people when they graduate high school, you don't have any credit, right? So right. it's not like, you know, like I'm 40. So 20 something years ago, they didn't check all the stuff that they check now. To rent an apartment now, you almost have to have better credit than it takes to purchase a home. So I'm going back reaching for the younger people that, you know, just haven't messed themselves up yet to try to help them not mess themselves up. So by the time they get my age at 40, they can be multimillionaires because money is just more readily available for the younger generation than it was for myself. So. Okay. Wow. Okay. So helping 16 to 25 year olds, what can you help us? Cause this I'm, if I knew what I know now, if I knew then what I know now, right. so, I mean, obviously a 16 year old can't purchase a home. Right. No. Um, and you know, for where I was, and I'm sure we're all, where we all were at 18, 21, 22. I don't know that I could, I definitely could not have bought a home. Mm -mm. I wasn't um, even thinking about buying right, a home, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how exactly do you, how do you, how do you help them do that? Like what, what do you help them with? So um, right now I go into some of the high schools, uh, youth in need, and I meet with some of the younger people, whoever will let me talk to them. And I have a, a program that's set up. If you want to do the four to five week program, some just do a one day thing. It's totally up to the organization. But at 16, 17, you need to understand what does credit mean? Even if you're not looking to purchase a home, but do you understand what is credit? Why is a credit score important? How do you monitor your credit? Um, in some cases, in certain communities, we've seen it where people's parents mess their credit up. Are yeah. you in a position to know that if your family messes your credit up, do you even know what to do to fix it? Or do you just let it sit there for 10, 15 years and cry about it? So that's why I start with the younger people. And then a lot of younger people are just not going to college anymore because there's so many more opportunities. Like they can make a million dollars on YouTube. So they don't go to college and collect student loans. Right. So let's just say at 18, 19, 20 years old, you become this multi-million millionaire from YouTube. Do you know what to do with the money? So what I teach them is, OK, you're 18, you're 19. Maybe you need to move out for whatever the reason. Right. Like mm -hmm. I moved out at 17, not because I had to. I had a great set of parents, but I thought I was grown and I just wanted to move out dumbest decision ever but <laughs> looking back i'm like why was i paying rent at 17 like this doesn't even make sense but my point is if somebody would have said to me hey okay you got just say now twenty thousand dollars thirty thousand for young people is not it's nothing they can come up on that so quickly 
So if I would have said to you, hey, Ray, at 19 years old, why don't you buy a, a building that has, let's say, two, uh, like a multifamily unit, right? And you mm -hmm. say, okay, I say live on one side of this building and rent the other side out. It probably will cover the cost of your mortgage, depending on how much your rent is, right? And you're like, oh, okay, so now I'm teaching you life skills. I'm teaching you how to be a boss because everybody wants to start a business or maybe you want to go in management. This will teach you those skills. If you're constantly getting into it with your tenant, it's probably not just your tenant. It's probably you as right. well. So this will teach you just a lot of skills, how to pay bills, you know, then, okay, let's just say two years down the road, you bought this $20,000 property. You got it all fixed up now. Maybe you worked on one side, lived on the other side. Each situation is different or a $50,000 property, whatever the case may be. Now you move out and you now have two people that are renting on one side. So then you go buy another building because now you don't have any kids. You don't have any responsibilities. You can move every two or three years because you're not dragging a family. Right. So right. by the time you're 35, you could have four five, six properties that are making money for you. So then let's just say we have another pandemic. I pray that we don't. But let's say we have mm -hmm. another pandemic. The world shuts down. You're not like, oh, crap, my job laid everybody off. I don't have any money. You've got four to five buildings that are making money for you to do whatever it is that you need. So now let's just say you need money and you want to start a business. You're like, okay, I'm 30 years old. Now I want to start a business, but I don't want to go to a bank because I don't have credit and they're going to charge me 30% interest rate because I don't have credit. But now you have collateral. You've got five, six buildings that you can say, hey, I own these buildings. They're worth now just say $200,000 each. Because think about people that bought properties for what? Like look at Ladue, Missouri, right? Mm -hmm. They pay three, four million dollars for those properties or 20 million. They might have only paid 200,000, you know, a lot of years ago. So these are things that you have um, and not to be long winded, but I'm trying to teach young people generational wealth. That's where you get your yeah. feeling. So you think about it. Um, I didn't experience this, thankfully, but I know I run into a lot of young women who are like my mom moved every year. My mom had all these kids and we lived in this small two bedroom with six or seven, you know, different kids put in here. But I'm like, but what did that do to you mentally? Now you got to constantly make new friends. Now you're just it just creates a whole nother set of problems. So when you are somewhere and you're stable and your kids are stable, they have the same friends. So I'm trying to teach them. Don't look at 18, 19. What does this look like when you're 40 or 50? What's your long end game plan? Right. What was the inspiration for you right. to like go in this direction? Like what was the trigger point? Um, so some of the trigger point was I get so many phone calls and it just breaks my heart. How many girls are out here and they're living on Section 8 or they're living on the government for assistance? I don't have an issue with that. If you got into a situation, that's what it's there for. Right. But I don't want you living like this for the rest of your life because you're if you're on Section 8, you're only allowed to make so much money. So mm -hmm. don't live like this for the rest of your life, number one. But number two about 90% of these calls that I get at least twice a week. And I'm not kidding. At least twice a week, people call and say, oh my God, I'm living in this place. I need a place to move. And usually it's section eight. And I'm like, okay, why do you need to move? Well, the landlord's not fixing stuff. The ceiling in one particular person's, their ceiling literally caved in and they kept telling the landlord, something's not right with the roof. Something's not right with the roof. So it's just all these calls that I get. And I'm like, okay, if it's just you, that's one thing. But now there's you and three kids and you're going to be homeless in 30 days. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Or fit, or sometimes it's two weeks or I got to move next week because nobody ever sat down and said, do you know that Section 8 has a program that you can purchase a home? 
no other agent is helping people purchase a home on Section 8. Section 8 will allow you, there's a program and a process, but they will allow you to purchase a home and you be your own landlord. So therefore, when you get off the Section 8 program, right? You're able to still live in the same home. You've created stability for you and your children in the same home that they're paying for. Wow. wow. Like my mind is blown. Right. Now. See, see, I'm sitting here, I'm like, what in what world? Okay, so I we're gonna go go back one second. So this all came about, first of all, absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, one of our things is how do we give back? How do we help teach the community? You know, how do we how do we come together as a community and help bring each other up? You are literally doing the work from teenage years where nobody is thinking about it to where they're just trying to hopefully graduate and figure out where they're going to go to school or what their next mm -hmm. step is. But you are, are helping them to think on a larger scale. And that is absolutely amazing. Beautiful. It's beautiful, you know, as, as parents ourselves, right? We always want to try to teach the kids, our, our kids to, to think bigger, but I don't know about you. I never thought about, Hey, let's now sit down and be like, okay, well, what does this credit thing look like? <laughs> We were typical kids, right? We had went from no credit to bad credit. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. You know, but you know, when we when we spoke to you or, or when we did our, our intro call with you, you know, I, I was like, we're gonna learn more about real estate, but you are taking real estate and giving life long term stability for not just one generation for their kids, and hopefully, that is incredible. Incredible. So let, let's just give you your kudos and your flowers. I'm saying, <laughs> oh, like, yes. oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Um, it's beautiful what you're doing. Right. So, how long have you been doing this particular piece of the education and, uh, you know, and trying to, to stop as many of those phone calls as you can, right? So to prevent it. I've always been trying to figure out how to do it. Um, but when I was with a big company, they didn't care. So it was like, I couldn't find the resources that I was looking for to help the people. But the desire was always there for the last seven years as a real estate agent. How can I help these people? So when I used to get the phone calls and I would run to my broker, I'm like, there has to be something. What can I do? You know, and they're just like, we don't deal with that. If they're not buying a three, four hundred thousand dollar home, we're not interested. So then when cool. I became on my own within the last year, I was able to do stuff different because now I'm the broker. So now I can see on a larger scale where we can get certain resources that when you're at big companies that they block off. So you don't even have the opportunity to know that this stuff exists. So I do a lot of just getting out into the community, talking to people. I ask a lot of questions. Sometimes I'm like, I hope I don't offend you because I got 99 million questions. <laughs> no, like, how does this stuff work? How can I help the next person? And so that's kind of, what just really sparked it rolling into motion. And then mm -hmm. I started noticing that, you know, Missouri started coming out with some programs through Missouri Realtors. And you can take the pieces. I shouldn't say it's necessarily a program, but they give you pieces of stuff. And then I'm developing it into a program that fits our particular community. Because let's be honest, a lot of stuff that rolls out, it doesn't fit our community. And right. even yeah. stuff with the Section 8, other communities have been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. They just don't talk about it. So this is not a new program. It's usually not created for us, right? Right. So this new thing, it's just nobody talks about it. Nobody wants to deal with it because typically if a person just say is on Section 8, that's a lower price property. 
So that could be like an 80,000, 90,000, 100,000, maybe 60,000, depends on, because they still have to qualify for a home. You can't mm -hmm. tear your credit up just because you got Section 8. They'll help you. So that's why I'm like, let me help you now because you never know where life is going to take you, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at it from the standpoint of how can I help you with the resources that I have? Because I just believe when you help somebody, God will make sure you have everything you need. So mm -hmm. most people won't touch an $80,000 house because the commission on it is peanuts. And you do right. the same work that you would do for a $500,000 house. I just feel like if you do what you're supposed to do, the money will come. The resources mm -hmm. will come. So it's not really about me, which is the same thing I teach my agents. I went from being an independent broker. That was my whole goal. It was just going to be me by myself in my little cute little office. And that's what we were going to do. <laughs> Somehow it turned into 10 agents. And when I talked to each of them, we're all on the same page. So maybe they're not focused on the same piece that I am, but it's all about helping the community in different ways like we find programs like our company motto is the best for less we're going to send you home if at all possible from closing with a check like mm -hmm. we have a about a 78 percent success rate COVID kind of messed it up because we were at about a 90 percent pretty mm -hmm. much everybody went home with a paycheck from closing because we were whipping these programs together that people didn't even know could go together and it was like oh you go home with a two thousand dollar check Okay, let's go back. Why real estate? So honestly, I never thought about real estate. <laughs> so as you will learn about me, I am an extremely random person and it never makes sense to other people because it normally doesn't make sense to me. But <laughs> since I was a teenager, this is pretty much how I lived my life. I didn't realize back then that it was called faith. I just always believed everything was going to work out. Everything was going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. If I trust God and I try to live right and I try to do right by people, everything will always work out. And it has always worked out since I made that decision at 16. And so my husband and I, we bought a home, had a horrible experience. And I was like, mm -hmm. if I can help it, nobody else is going to go through this because she didn't educate us. So her not educating us on the process costed us an additional $13,000 that we did not have. Oh. So imagine 10 days before closing, because of improper teaching, somebody says to you, oh, sorry, because you get this statement two days before to tell you what you need to bring to closing. And it was an additional 13000 Thank God my parents do a good job of saving money. So they were able to loan it to us because we got it was like we had to bring it. But you got the money back because of anyway, I won't go into that. But it was just some information now that I make sure everybody knows not to do, because mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, what was messing me up was I was depositing cash. So mm -hmm. in that month, I was spending it because we were paying bills. We were doing things. But if you deposit cash, you have to bring it all to closing. They didn't tell me that. So I'm like, the 13000 is gone. So anyway, fast forward, we started looking at open houses because we bought a house that needed some work. So we started going to open houses for like these million dollar homes so we could kind of copy what they were doing. Because I figured if you have a million dollar home, usually you're on trend versus a hundred thousand yeah. home. You're not usually trying to keep up with the trends of what's going on. So anyway, right. we did that for months on end and we were telling everybody we were so excited. Mm -hmm. We were telling people how to fix their house and do this. And so we were in the middle of church one day and this was the weirdest thing in my past. It was, he was preaching a message or whatever. And he literally stopped in the middle of the message and turned around and was like, sister Cece, have you ever thought about getting into real estate? That's where the Lord said, you're going to get all your big checks. And then he went back to preaching. 
I'm like, time out. Time <laughs> out. Whoa. You do that. So now my mind is like all over the place. And then the same one of my friends was with me. And we went to something like not even a week later. And this lady just walked past me and she was like, have you ever thought about getting into real estate? Lady, I don't know you. Of course I didn't. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but so I don't know you. Like, she said, I hear the Lord saying, you better get into it. That's where you're going to get your big checks. So me being me, I'm like, no, I'm not going to sleep on that. So I went to real estate school. So I didn't have a plan. It was just kind of okay. one of those. Everything just started falling into place. And the more I got into it, the more I understood my mission, because I don't look at my real estate business as a business per se. It's a business because that's what it is on paper. But I look at it more of a ministry. Like we counsel, not intentionally, but we counsel so many people. Like it's been times where we'll go into a house and, a, and the lady's like, no, I don't like the pain. And, she, and I'm like, okay, time out. You're upset. And I'm sensing this has nothing to do with the paint on the wall. Like, let's just pause. We're going to go to Starbucks. We're going to pause. So even if you don't get this house, there'll be another house. But we need to take a time out and start over. So we went and we sit at Starbucks or wherever, you know, was convenient. And I'm like, okay, what's really going on? And then usually that's when it's, oh, my God, this is really. And then once we deal with that and help them just balance out that emotion of what they're dealing with, then when we go back to house shopping, it's like, oh, okay, I like it. Their whole attitude changes. So I'm like just identifying that real estate is not just about selling a property and making money. It's about helping people and just coaching them through what they may be dealing with in life, which again is why I like the young people, because usually people that are 16 or 17, unless you had a traumatic growing up process, you're usually not messed up. Like you might be dealing with little stupid boy stuff, but for the most part, you're not like messed up like a 40, 50 year old, you know, <laughs> you know, you learn that you did to yourself is what my point is. Cause most of the stuff when we're 20, 25, 30, that's not our parents anymore. That's our doing. Yeah. But with them, if I can get you while you're somewhat emotionally stable to understand things, it just goes much better. And then a lot of times they go home and they talk to their parents. So it makes it easier for me because they've already said, mom, I'm tired of living in an apartment. I met this lady and she said, did you know the home ownership that we could own a home? Because a lot of people in our community don't even believe that they can own a home or that they're even worthy. So our goal, our brokerage is to show you, you deserve a house just like anybody else. So while our company is Ellis Luxury Homes, it's not about a luxury house. It's what is luxury to you. If it's a $50,000 condo, let's get this luxury property. If it's a million dollar oh. home, let's get this really luxury property. But <laughs> luxury we have property. a client for you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 We, yes. yes. We'll talk about it offline. But offline. I the yes. perfect person that needs some help. Well, also, where are we finding $50,000 condos? <laughs> that part. <laughs> They're out here. They're um, out here. Nice ones, too. Really? Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to be a client. We need to be a client. Oh, 50,000. But we got to bring the kids. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. Okay. Yes. Um, I want to go back. So you, you know, you, you wanted to, you got into brokering for yourself and you're like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do me. But then you ended up finding these agents that, you know, in our call, you were like, they just, they, they came. Um, how, like, how did that happen? Because what I'm seeing is you have this organic, network of your own that you you built that have you all aligned the same you have this somehow have the same mission the same vision how did that happen so honestly i've never recruited 
um, at all. So I find that funny because I was like, where are all these people coming from? The same thing you're saying. But when I kept listening, it was either somebody saying, oh, my God, my friend got in real estate. She needs to talk to you or he needs to talk to you because they're just because usually they'll follow like my personal Facebook page and they'll see because I'm all about family and just loving on people like that's just who I am as a person. So I think people are kind of drawn to that energy and what I'm finding and I'm trying to figure the best way to say this without it sounding kind of weird, but like I'm, I always have been the type of person where I could be in a room full of million people, but I always still felt like I was by myself. And so it was like, I didn't always connect to a lot of people, but they all thought I was their bestie. So I'm, I'm not like mean or anything like, but it was just like, I don't connect with you. You're not going anywhere in life. You don't have any drive. You know, I wouldn't say that to them, but that's how I internally felt. And as I talk to each and every one of my agents, that's the same thing that they have going on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them are like, I don't connect with people because I'm trying to go here and they're trying to go there. Like part of my thing, I guess, growing up, I went to the military at 17. So I matured a lot faster than a lot of people because I had the opportunity to be on my own. Like, you know, I'm away from home. So I had to mature. And so the military too, so I can relate. Yeah. And so when it, so it's because I graduated high school early and my mom was like, you're not sitting at home on this couch. So you need to figure something out. Did you two grow up with the same? Yes. I graduated and moved out at 17. I joined the military at 19. I have one more year till retirement. Yep. So that's kind of just, I think, what started that process of that feeling alone, because like my husband always teases me. So I'll be 40 in April. And he was like, you like a 50 year old and he's 43. And he's like, I'm like a 35 year old. So I, it always is it's funny because I'm like, how do you not know this or why don't you? And he's like, well, because you're the old one and I'm still the young one figuring it out. So that's like our little running joke in the house. But I understood what he was saying. It's like I just see stuff light years ahead of a lot of my peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm, I'm the young one as well. She's not. It's um, fine. <laughs> uh, and so I get what you're, you know, I, I get what your husband's saying. I see, you know. But in different lives, right? Different yeah. lives, different. There's there's things that you know. I, there's things that she's been through, especially being in the military, that I definitely would never. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I had the ability because I didn't do that to just, Ooh, you yeah. know, where's life gonna take me? Here we are. Um, and so you just were able to find like-minded individuals, and here you guys are creating. So do you all? I'm just so intrigued by this education that's mm-hmm. out there. I am intrigued. Do you all teach? Do you all go out? and Or is that just a you thing? Right now, it's a me thing because um, pretty much every agent I have, they're brand new agents. So I'm doing a lot of coaching for them. And then they're kind of going with me so they can see because they all know if you come to my brokerage, you are going to be a teacher in some form, whether mm-hmm. it's educating just your clients or like we're a part of association. So with really say you have to join an association, it's a mandatory. I've gotten to the point now where I volunteer a lot of my time in teaching like the code of ethics and all these different things so that I can learn how to do this stuff and bring it back to my community. So yes, it's good because we're educating other realtors, but that's not my target audience. So yes, it would be nice to be this, this broker that said everything recruiting, hey, come join my brokerage. But that's just not what I feel like is my passion. If you come, I'm grateful for you. But I'm very specific about who I'm choosing. Like I had an agent that I knew I shouldn't have accepted. But because I'm a 
somewhat emotionally driven person in terms of like i feel for everybody i love everybody i don't know how to just be like oh i don't want to be bothered with you i'm very inclusive i give everybody sometimes too many chances and so i want to say no i don't want to say no yes and so i took her anyway and after so many months i was like why did you do this because she had the potential to pull the morale down like our morale here is great like we get people all the time like i want to come to y'all office meetings more often because we're just high energy you know and so this particular person you know now she's like well i'm leaving you and i'm going to this big box company and i'm like that's fine because what you think you're gonna get you're not gonna get because i've already been there done that and I was lost because there were thousands of agents. They don't care about you. They care about the dollar. And that's literally right. what they told me when I left was, oh, well, how do you think you're going to make money? Excuse me. The last time I checked, when people come to an agent, they don't come to you because of the company name. They came to me because of me. So right. I'll be fine. Thanks for the information, but I'll be fine. <laughs> and you are. And here you are. Um, and, and so I was not. Wow, wasn't you weren't ready? You no, weren't ready see, and typically I'm ready, see, see. <laughs> um, and so, but I'm glad, right? Because now we're able to learn more about what you do and the fact that there is literally, in my mind, what you're showing is it doesn't matter what industry you're in. There's education to be had. Yeah, because like you said, you know, and it's it's interesting you say this. I was at a I was at a, a workshop this past weekend, and somebody kept saying, "But the resources are there." But the resources are there. And then a, a gentleman popped up and said they may be there, but who are they there for? Right. So why does why do other communities know that these resources are there, but we don't? You just keep telling us they're there. Um, and so you you made a comment like that earlier a few minutes ago, and I think that that is absolutely incredible because not only are you teaching something to the community, but you're teaching something that most people don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, like who? I had no idea you could buy a house while you're on Section Eight. Yeah. That is that's not on the website. I don't no, that's definitely website. not. No, that is incredible. Okay. So you've been doing this for a year, right? You've had your own brokerage for a year. How long did it take you to to kind of get your feet wet and settle into being a broker, you know, now running your own brokerage firm with I think you had like eight or nine agents under you last time I checked. Um, and, and figuring out kind of, okay, well, this is what we're doing, right? Where we sell houses, we buy houses, we rent houses and all the things. But this is the other aspect. Like how long did it take you to fall into that and, and finally get comfortable and start to, to take off? So I would say, um, honestly, all year is still a work in process um, because the difference with my brokerage versus other brokerage, yes, we have your standard things, right? You have to have certain standard things. But I constantly change things based on what's best for the agents. Yes. So, for example, the average uh, real estate company says we have meetings on uh, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. That's that's pretty much standard. Some do Mondays, but for the most part, it's Tuesdays, 9 a.m. I sent out a message and said, what works best for you all? Everybody said 11 a.m. on Thursdays. And we really would prefer a two hour meeting instead of doing two meetings a week. Not a problem. Okay. There were some times where some of them all messaged me and said, hey, I know we want to we all want to go to this class on this Thursday. And I'm like, you all should go because it's a great class. What I'm teaching you, I can teach you anytime. But this particular class is not offered, but once a year. So we moved our meeting to a Monday. So it's kind of like whatever. So we have structure. I don't want to sound like we don't, mm -hmm. but it works best for the group. Whatever that looks like, like some of them now are saying, hey, we want to do vendor events. OK, fine. 
So now we're popping up at vendor events, which is not what you standardly do. And mm -hmm. we're you know, like this weekend, they did one. And so they were like, oh my gosh, I met some people that said they weren't looking for real estate. And I said, well, and I coached them through like, here's some objectives you're going to hear. I don't want to buy a house right now. Great. No worries. Do you know anybody that is looking to change their living environment? We don't sell houses. We help people change. What, what does your living environment need to change to, to make it best for you and your family? Are you having a baby? Okay, great. So you currently have a one bedroom. It's not going to work long term with the baby. You can do it for about a year. But let's have this conversation next summer so we can work on what you're going to do next year. But in the meantime, I'm going to pop you in a free program that's going to help you for a whole year with a budget to build your credit. Uh, she pulls your credit twice a year to make sure that it's progressing. She gives you letters um, to get stuff off and dispute it properly. We're going to do that for the whole year. So we're not I'm not going to just not talk to you for a year. This is what you're doing. You have homework that tells me that you are a serious buyer. Then I will give you my time next year. If you don't complete the program this year, I'm not giving you my time next year. I have another agent that can help you, though, okay. because you're not a serious buyer. If you are a seller, OK, great. You're not in a position to sell till just say next year. Here's what you need to be working on to make your home the best for you. And we go through a checklist of things because people will say, well, I want to replace this. I want to replace that. That's not going to bring you any more money if you replace that. Leave that alone. Go do these things over here. This will bring you more money for your property. So we just kind of, again, it's all about the coaching on what you need to do. If you have a serious credit issue and your credit is just jacked up, jacked up, then I have an attorney that I partner with and they do paid for deletions. So they have relationships with different companies, um, like especially like those medical collections. Oh, they run circles around them because most of it is not done properly. So if he gets it off of the, if he gets it off, that's when you pay. If he doesn't get it off, you don't pay and he's done all the work. So it will be $65 per bureau. So if you owe $5,000, you're definitely not going to cry about $65, you know, but no, you not at all. Right. owe it, right? And you still have to work out a payment plan with the company separately, but it won't be on your credit. So now as soon as all this off, let's get you in this house and then you work on paying all that other stuff off. So we have systems based on what you need, but we just ask our clients, be honest. If you don't have any money, I need you to tell me I don't have any money so I can go find it. But don't come to me and we do all of this. And then right before closing, you're like, oh, I didn't know I needed $7,000. I know you sent me all these worksheets to tell me exactly to the penny what I need, but I forgot. No, like we need to know this stuff in advance because now I can ask the seller for money. I can go take this program over here and put it with this program over there. I can get this credit from the lender. You know, we can put stuff together, but you have to be honest with me. Wow. Okay. My like you're like you're, a magician. Yeah, you me. are. <laughs> uh, just handing out presents all year long. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you've been your your um wow luxury homes right. has been in operations for about a year. What would you say has been your most memorable success? So I would say my most memorable success um, was I had. For a while, I was doing all this coaching and training with all these agents, right? And and, my, and we have our moments that we get discouraged within ourselves. And I was just like, I don't know if this is working. I don't know if they're getting it. You just don't know if, if it's processing. And then you start scrutinizing yourself. Well, did I say it right? Did I do this right? You know, mm -hmm. I went through that process. And so one of my agents called me and she was like, okay, I got a buyer. I got a buyer. And I'm like, okay. So she was working with the buyer and I was coaching her through. And what the most memorable part was the agent said to her and she called me and he said, 
oh my God, he said, I know that you've only been an agent for a very short amount of time because you can look up an agent's number and tell how long they've been an agent, right? Right. He said, but it seems like you're very experienced, like you've been doing this a long time. And so she was like, because she always called me boss lady. She was like, boss lady, all the stuff you taught me. And I was coaching her, you know, as she was going through it. So I was working the deal behind the scenes, but they didn't know, right? And so he called her and she was calling him out on stuff that he was messing up on. And he was like, dang, okay, okay. You know, and it was just interesting to see that she looked like this super experienced agent. So for me, it was memorable because it was like that little, okay, pat on the back, keep going, girl, you're doing good internally to let me know I'm on the right track. So that for me was a big deal. Oh, beautiful. Oh my goodness. Quick question. Is it a buyer or seller's market? We all want to know. <laughs> um, it's at everybody's market right now. Honestly, um, some sellers are still. So houses, let me rephrase it. It's a seller's market if you don't have a junk house overpriced mm -hmm. because people want to have a house that they know nobody would pay a million dollars for and they want to price it at a million dollars. You're not going to sell that house. But if you appropriately price the house, then it is definitely still a seller's market. It is also a buyer's market in the terms of right now, you might only have to go through maybe two no's. Maybe you only have a couple people that you're in competition with versus a few years ago, you could write 15 contracts for the same person before you got a house, if ever. Right. So now it's balancing out. Um, sellers are still getting a good amount of money. Houses are still selling quickly, but with the right situation and the right real estate agent and relationships, because I've built relationships with agents over the years. So when they see my name come across a contract, they're like, okay, CC, what do we have to do to get your client? Because they know it's not about the client. It's about the transaction between the two agents. So mm -hmm. sometimes I have to remind people we're not, we're not attorneys. Like we're not here to fight this out. Like let's have a conversation, stop screaming at me in the phone and let's talk about how both of our people can leave happy. I don't care about your client. I don't care about my client. At the end of the day, what would make your seller feel like they got something out the deal? Here's what my buyer wants to feel like they got something out the deal. And everybody goes home happy. So it shouldn't be one-sided or one person's walking away not happy because that's just not a good deal. So I feel like it's both, but I also feel like it's depending on the type of real estate agent you're dealing with. So if somebody's just popping up a home, putting it online and saying it's for sale, it's not a good agent. What are they offering you in return to make sure you're going to get the best of what's available to you? Okay. Uh, that is the most, <laughs> that is, that was the most um, honest and vulnerable answer mm -hmm. that I've ever heard from anybody in any type of sales um, because you, you hit it on the head, right? It's people. Mm -hmm. It is every transaction comes down to relationship and people and I I'm ready to buy, ready to buy a house. Another one. And we have one. Um, CC, we're going to call you. CC just made me want to buy a condo. Right. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about successes, right? But you've been in the game for a long time. You, you've taken, you, you're reinventing a wheel mm -hmm. that nobody even realized was necessary. Right. So yeah. I'm sure you've had much success, but we learn, we learn our lessons from our failures. What is the biggest lesson you've learned in, in all the years? <laughs> that, that deep <laughs> There's a lot of lessons that I've learned, <laughs> but the biggest lesson that I learned is that you get what you put into something. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is if you put discouragement into it, you're going to get a discouraging result. Mm 
So it's what are you putting into it? So um, I always have been the type of person, if you ask me, I will tell you even how to beat me. Like if you, if we're playing chess, like, or whatever we're playing, I'm going to tell you, like I was playing space with some friends the other day. My friend posted a post on Facebook. She was like, I never met a person who plays spades and tip because the other girls all said they didn't really know how to play. So I was like, come on, I'll play with y'all because nobody else wanted to. Right. So mm -hmm. I was telling them. So I laid down something. I was like, why do you think I laid this down? They was like, I don't know. I said, this tells you I don't have any more spades. Oh, and she was like, I never met a person who teaches somebody how to beat them in the game. So, of course, her and her teammate ended up beating us because we were telling them. But my point in saying that is if you're always willing to give, eat, you will always get what you need. So when I first started this real estate uh, brokerage, y'all, that was the most stressful thing ever. And I'm not a person who gets stressed, but literally I was so stressed because there's no blueprint. Mm hmm. When you call the MREC, the Missouri Real Estate Commission, and you say, I want to start a real estate brokerage, they say, great, here's a form, fill it out, pay your $90, have a good day. Um, wait, what? There's no packet. There's no nothing. They're like, no, right? if you audited, that's when you find out what you did wrong. So I was like, so there's nothing to tell you how to do it? They were like, no. So I kept asking people who look like me, can you help me? I was like, can you just give me some pointers, not tell me how you do what you do, but where did you find how to write a manual? Where did you find an agent? Kind of like, where did you figure this stuff out? Oh, well, you just called the MREC. And I said to the one girl, I said, you full of it. Because you know, when you call the MREC, they don't tell you anything. Like, you know this, right? Mm -hmm. And so she was like, oh, well, I forgot. I don't remember how I did it. Okay, we're going to play that game. So I went to another group of people who don't look like me. And I said to them, but... I had served with them for years. Like I'm always serving, always giving. I don't care if you say I need help cleaning the toilet. Let's clean it. Like I'm not the person that says I'm above anything, right? right? They literally came and sat down in my office. And this was probably six months after I had started. And I was just drowning in my head, right? Because I don't even have, I'm like, if I get audited, I'm paying a million dollars because I don't have nothing right. They sat down with me and let me log into the back office of their system, their whole brokerage. I was able to see everything they do, how they do it. They gave me copies of their uh, agreements. They gave me copies of stuff and was like, you know, take it and make it your own. But she was like, what well, was a team of them, a guy and a woman? They were like, whatever you need, we got you. And to this day, if I call them and say, okay, I got a question about this, they will stop what they're doing and help me. But you know why? Because years before, not knowing I was going to need this, I was always available, helping them, volunteering, taking care of them. So I feel like give what you have to give freely with no strings attached mm -hmm. so that when it's time for you to get what you need, because you don't know what's going to happen in the future, people will freely give it to you. So even though I had no's and I was very discouraged and I was messing stuff up left and right. But I had to just keep on believing one day is going to come and the proper resource is going to eventually drop in my lap. And literally, it will always just drop in my lap right at the right time. Oh, my God. Your story is absolutely yeah. beautiful. I, I, I have goosebumps. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. So, Cece, you give back to the community. But what does that mean to you? And how are you creating community? Because that's like one of the the big one of the tenets of Legacy Eleven Oh Six, right? Mm -hmm. Building community and community just it doesn't need to be blood related. Um, but how? What does that mean to you? So community to me is very simple. It's anyone that wants to be a part of it. 
I do not like when people say, oh, this is exclusive. I understand the meaning behind exclusive, but I don't like it because community to me is anybody that I can show love to. Mm-hmm. So if you have blood in your body, I can show you love. I can support you. I can help you. So it's not so much about what you can do for me. It's about how can I help you? I feel like for me, that's what gives me joy in life is helping people. So like during the pandemic, I struggled because I was like, so I can't go anywhere. I can't go see anybody. Like, what am I supposed to do in life? Like for me, my life revolves around community and people and just showing love and receiving love, of course, but showing love. So anybody that wants to be a part of my community, I don't judge you. I don't care how you got where you got. Now, of course, if you show me something different, then that's different. But I'm just saying, until you show me that you don't want to be a part of my community or that I feel like you don't deserve it, because I also feel like there's a level of sacredness to your community. Who you let into your personal space is very important. But I pretty much will let anybody into my personal space is, you know, with limits. But I love everybody. Okay. Okay. Let it be known. She hires and fires accordingly. (laughs) (laughs) Learn how to say no. Yes. 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 Uh, So 2024, you know, we're month two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where the first quarter, where that week of January went by, I have no idea. Um, (laughs) But you know what? It's going to be 70 degrees on Friday. And so I am not mad right Mm -hmm. now. I'm going to stick with it. What? You know, what are you looking forward to this year with, you know, with Ellis Luxury Homes um, and what are the goals that you guys, because I'm, I'm going to assume, even though you, you've kind of felt like the, your, your mission has found you, that you are the type of person that sets goals. Yes. And so I have three goals. They're kind of loose, if you will. I like to use the term loose because I'm like, if I don't hit it, it's not the end of the world, but I do strive to hit my goals. Right. Right. It gives me stress. So I have three pretty simple goals. The first one is that I personally, whether it's with my team assisting me or just me as their agent, I should say, because I do connect. If I, I find that if my just say me and your personality, we're just not vibing to where it's very comfortable, then I have enough sense to say, you know what? I feel like you would be better fit for Jamila or for Andriana. Let's partner with them. So I will still help you with the paperwork, negotiate and all that. But I feel like you would enjoy going to see a house more with this person, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I'm okay with that. But my personal goal is I would love to help 25 people or families to change their living environment, whether it's upgrade, downgrade, um, whether you want to sell your current home uh, or whatever it is that you want to do. If you want to add a condo for you know, rental purposes, whatever you want to do, I would like to help 25 families in 2024. Um, I would also like to help 12 new uh, real estate agents or realtors, as we like to call it, to start a new career, um, preferably between the age of 25 and 40, just because you bumped your head a little bit more and you're a little more settled at times. Mm-hmm. But I'm open, but I would love to help people to see that, you know, n- nothing's wrong with a nine to five. A lot of my agents have jobs, but what happens the day that that job calls you and says, sorry, we got to do a layoff, not a problem because I've already started building a real estate business. One mm-hmm. thing I've noticed, too, in our community is we don't do a good job of having a retirement plan. Right. So if you build your business solid enough, what I'm noticing a lot of them do after 40 years, they go sell their book of business for a million dollars because they've got stuff to show 
that they have a successful business because they're building generationally. So I started out for me, just say with the young person, right? Young person go, grows up, starts having a baby. Then I help their baby who's now grown up to get a property. Then I help their baby, God willing, if I live long enough to help them buy a property, right? So this is what these other cultures are doing is they're becoming that family's realtor. So I want to teach other people to become that family's realtor. So think about it. If we know people whose parents had nine, 10, 15 kids, at least two of those 15 kids are going to buy a property. And I need to. <laughs> right. yeah. So those are two of my goals. And then my last one um, is to just keep my priorities in line. Um, I noticed that when I keep my relationship with God first, and then when I keep my family and my friends second, and then I keep my career third, that I'm just more happy, I'm more balanced, and I do a better job of setting boundaries. So when mm -hmm. I get up in the morning and have that, you know, like I have to tell my kids, uh-uh, I need this 15 minutes to just kind of meditate, think about stuff. That's usually when I, you know, I share with God what I'm grateful for. You know, if you don't believe in God, you still should get up and say, this is what I'm grateful for. Because what you put out there is what you get back. Gratitude is something mm -hmm. that we can all do freely. Like, mm -hmm. if you can't speak or you can't hear you can talk inside yourself and say, this is what I'm grateful for. Right. So mm -hmm. just keeping that in balance, because sometimes my kids will be like, oh, my God, mom, you're on the phone again. I'm trying to talk to you. I'm like, you know what? So now I tell my clients I will respond. But between the hours of seven and eight o'clock, I'm preparing everybody for bed. So if I respond slower, mm -hmm. this is why it's, you know, or if it's not urgent, then I will respond tomorrow morning. You're, you're nice because <laughs> you only leave an hour. No, because I mean, we try to shut shut it down for family time about no later than seven o'clock yeah. most most nights. So yeah, you were incredible. Keyword nice. try. Yes, it doesn't always <laughs> pan out that way, but no. you know there have been some 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 nights into midnight finishing <laughs> up projects, but it's fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. those are amazing. You know, I noticed what they all the goals minus setting the boundaries are geared towards helping people mm -hmm. and. Your energy right now is emanating through the screen, Cece. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so that being said, hurts. right? Because smiling is <laughs> just it's just amazing to be able to connect with you. What is one piece of advice you would give? You know, because you want to help brokers and, and realtors start their own business. You know, kind of find a new career, an additional career, an additional income source. So, what is one piece of advice you would share with with those in the minority communities on how to do that? on how to step out of their comfort zone because they do have it in them. Mm -hmm. So I would say the most um, important piece of information I could give is strive to get 100 no's. I know that sounds crazy, but Ooh. if you strive to get 100 no's, one, that means you're talking to people, you're telling them about your business because most business owners are not successful because they're not talking to people about what they do. They spend a lot of money on marketing and looking good on social media. But are you talking to people, not texting, but are you talking to people? Right. So if you strive to get 100 no's, you'll probably land at about 25 to 50 yeses. Right. So if you're expecting to hear no, when you hear no, you won't be discouraged because people always feel like, oh, everybody should support my business. Everybody should say yes. If you strive to get no, when you get the yes, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. They say, yes, this is great. So you have a different energy when you're striving to get the no. If, I hope that makes sense what I'm saying. It, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I have been in sales for a lot of years and I have never heard that piece of advice. That is incredible. Had, 
Had I known that a few years ago, it would the nose wouldn't have hurt so much, honestly. Yeah. Huh. Yep. So, and I would also add um, another big thing is you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. It will not be handed to you. You cannot expect anybody to do it for you. And lastly, don't be selfish. So instead of saying, hey, Ray, I want to give you my business card. Let me tell you about what I do. Start off with, hey, Ray, I want to give you my business card because I would love to meet with you to find out what Legacy 1106 does. How can I help support your business? What can I do for you? And then you're like, oh, okay. I wasn't prepared for you to ask that. And then actually do it. Who can I refer to you? Who are you looking for? What type of person are you looking for for your podcast? Who's your audience? What can I do for you, right? And then you tell me, so now you're going to remember me because how you make people feel, they will remember that a million years down the road. And they will say, you know what? I can't remember what they sold. I don't remember what their product was. I don't remember their name because we get that, right? You meet people like, oh, I know you, but I I can't remember your name. But they will always remember how you make them feel. Yeah. I'm getting you. I want to take Cece. We're going to take you to lunch one day just to get this energy. Yes. Um, but preferably in the afternoon because I don't know if I could take both of you um, with this with the morning with the songs. There might be a dance routine. Billy Jean might come out of you guys. I don't know. I need all of that. <laughs> yes. Wow. So Cece, how do people get in touch with you if they you know want to either learn about the financial responsibility like the the classes that you're teaching, or if they just want to get into your one-year program, like how can they get in touch with you? If they need a home, if they want some energy, like just some people, you will see this on, on the video, everybody. Um, but the positive energy that CC is radiating right now is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if they just need to feel that. Sunshine yeah. through the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, I am on all socials. I'm working on being better. That's my truth. I'm not good at social media, but I'm working on it. Um, but if I'm, if you look me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, for the business page, it's Ellis Luxury Homes. Um, my personal Facebook page is where I would love for you to connect with me, which is CC Ellis or it's at Mrs. CC Ellis. And then I'm also on LinkedIn um, as CC Ellis. And that's where I post like articles about things that are coming up. Um, like, for example, St. Charles County had a big argument about these chickens, whether people should have them or not. So I posted an article to kind of, I see your face, girl, it's a whole thing. <laughs> not us. But there is a whole group of people that are concerned about chickens and about buying eggs cheaper and blah, blah, blah. So I'll post on Wednesdays, I try to post a blog about just some of the things that you may not know that are going on. So that you can be ahead of them if they happen to impact you. If not, it's just good information. But uh, my phone number is 314-486-4522. You can call that number. You can text that number any time of the day because it's a work number. So by 10 o'clock, it goes on do not disturb. So it doesn't bother me anyway. Um, But what I wanted to leave is real estate is great. I would love for you guys to call me to support the business, of course. I would love if you want to be an agent to reach out to me, of course. But the one thing that I believe is that that God never left us, right? He never forsakes us. He's always there. No matter when you call him, he's always there. So even outside of real estate, if you're going through something and you just want somebody to talk to, somebody to vent to, if you just need to cry and just be like, don't say nothing, I just need to cry. Please call me. 
If you think, oh, you know, I don't I don't know how to handle life or I started a business. I don't know what to do. Please call me, because even if I'm not in your industry, I've been in business for myself since I was 18. I had a real I had before I got into real estate, I owned a day spa that was very successful. I'm an internationally licensed esthetician. So I specialize in skincare and things. So my point in that is I want to be your resource for whatever you need. Like my my name is CC Ellis. And I always say your realtor bestie, because what is your bestie? That's somebody that you can call like, hey, I don't know who can fix my pipes. Can you help me find a resource for this or that? So if there's something that you need, I don't call anybody and tell anybody anybody's personal business. That's your business, how you got there, why you're there. But if you want to talk, my office is located on St. Charles Park Road and 170. Please come see me. I will always make myself available to help anybody. We just might come see you. Right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here's our last question before we sign off. Who are two people that you think that small business owners should kind of get engaged or listen to, whether it's a podcast, a book, or just that's inspirational for business owners? So one of the people that I would say that people should follow, whether you believe in God or not, I always say, whatever your personal belief is, but information is information, right? Mm -hmm. So the person who I love a lot, his name is Pastor Michael Todd and he's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but he wrote a book called Relationship Goals. And then he's got another book that came out and now he's coming out with the book for children. And what he talks a lot about is as a business owner, why do a lot of marriages fail? Because we're imbalanced. We're too focused on the business, but not enough on the marriage. So Mm -hmm. he talks a lot about how to focus on your marriage and putting it above everything else. And then the one that he's writing for kids is because his daughter said to him, why do you always go on a date with mommy? and You never take us. So he said that go on Tuesdays. So he wrote a book to help the kids to understand that parents have to be filled up too, in order to be able to do what you need. So I love listening to him because he just kind of keeps you on track in life. Like he'll kind of tell you basically like, get yourself together, stop being mean, you know, like, He just helps you with life. And then I also love a lady named Priscilla Schreier. Um, She's been in some movies, but I really like her because she's very encouraging. So like if you look on um, like YouTube, she's got little clippings that you can listen to here and there. But all of her little clippings or or like she's got a, a TV show or I guess like a podcast type thing. But everything is about just being encouraged. So sometimes when I'm low, you know, because when you give out all this energy, you run out eventually, right? So right. sometimes I'll just listen to her for like eight, five or eight minutes and just kind of recharge my life. And so those are two people that I really, really love. Okay, we are going to take that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that you know what, Cece, thank you so much for you know for for reaching out and and giving us the op- giving us the opportunity yeah. to hear all the incredible things that you are doing because. Yeah, we weren't ready, Mm-mm. but we were not ready. And I'm, I'm almost glad we weren't ready because you just threw out things like now it's almost for me. It has sparked a there's there's even more need mm-hmm. than we thought there was. Yeah. You know, but to know that there are people like you out there that are, are thinking outside of the box and seeing the need. That's just absolutely incredible. So we thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen out in podcast world, again, that was Mrs. Cece Ellis of Ellis Luxury Homes. She is the managing broker, but as you heard, she does 
more than than I think you get credit for, CC. So let us be the first yes. to thank you um, and to, to give you your credit. And, and I promise you, we're going to be sharing you all over the place um, yeah. because I think people need to hear this and, and people need to. I feel a collaboration in our near future. Absolutely. I would love it. Yes. And so on that note, we are going to sign off. Any final words, CC? No, I just I thank you guys for the opportunity to share because, you know, there's so much negative stuff on TV and negative everywhere that I'm just glad that I could be a little bit of light to hopefully somebody's life that's listening. Mm -hmm. Anything else, ma'am? No, no, this has been amazing. And so stay tuned. This episode will drop on Thursday evening. And so we'll send you the link and the information to share with your people, your networks. Um, and so we're definitely looking forward to connecting again. Yes. Okay. All right.